Baratelia steadying himself! A star in the making. And there's the only goal! Sabiri with it! After 11 years, once again, Milan are the champions of Italy. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go. I'm Frank Crivello and we're a three-man crew officially. Uh, <laughs> Richard Carmen and Alex Dono, I, I, that, that, that introductory uh, video overwhelmed him so much he needed to take a holiday and then you know, now he's, <laughs> he's I'll fresh, I'll he's fresh in to go. Ciao boys, how are we doing tonight? Well, I don't have another long vacation scheduled until late March, so <laughs> I'm going to get Juan Denara, my agent, to uh, to negotiate the next vacation. Right on, <laughs> right on. Excellent. Richard, how we doing, man? Good, good. Drinking a little scotch tonight because, you know, we're a Ooh. party tonight. Uh, and yeah, I'm good. Overall, good. Can't complain. I'm enjoying uh, Juice Packets, an IPA from... Uh, steal it from your kids? What's that? You steal it from your kids, Juice Packets? Somebody mistakenly put these in their bag for trick-or-treat when these are supposed to be for the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the good people of the Fermentorium in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Uh, that's how Wisconsin does. Yes, yes, that's how Wisconsin does. Awesome packaging on this, too. This is just brilliant. But anyway... Wait, and so, there, there may or may not be uh, vodka in here, but since I am, this is a working night for me. I'm working an NHL broadcast in about an hour and a half. I at least have to pretend that I'm drinking seltzer water. Yep. yep. Well, I mean, almost invisible there, so it works out. The Panthers yeah. are playing. The Panthers are playing San Jose tonight, so I think you could get away with vodka if you wanted to. So <laughs> their sharks are terrible. So anyway, uh, so we've got uh, quite a bit to unpack here for all of you. Uh, we decided to hold off on Thursday. One, Alex was back from his vacation. Two, uh, we wanted to make sure we got through the full round of European games this time to put a uh, bow, if you will, on the group stage in the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. Guess what? All seven Italian teams still in European competition. A couple teams demoted. Uh, we will talk about all of that uh, three huge games on the peninsula this weekend that we will have the previews for that you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, and then we'll finish up with the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. Uh, but let's start with match week 12, gentlemen, far enough in the rearview mirror for us, uh, but still worth bringing up. It opened up with Napoli destroying Sassuolo 4-0, hat trick for uh, Victor Alciman in that game. Um, Sassuolo must have thought that Osimhen wasn't playing because they never accounted for him at any moment in that game, too. It was pretty easy for him. Uh, Lecce nil, Juve 1, Inter 3, Sampdoria nil, Empoli nil, Atalanta 2, Cremonese and Udinese uh, played to a scoreless draw. Spezia 1, Fiorentina 2, Lazio 1, Salernitana 3. Another surprise, Torino 2, Milan 1. Hellas Verona 1, Roma 3, Monza 1, Bologna 2. That was match week 12. And uh, Richard, starting with you, uh, takeaways from the games over, over match week 12. Interesting games, obviously. Napoli doing Napoli things, right? Scoring goals, having fun. They look so good. They look good. Uh, but some of the big takeaways, I mean... the. The elephant in the room, the two big shockers of the weekend, right? Lazio, who was in fine form, dropping to Salernitana. Like, what? 
3-1. Some nice goals in the game by Salernitana as well. I thought uh, um, great game plan there by Salernitana. I guess it was... I think Milan and Lazio suffered the same thing where they were looking too far ahead and caught in a trap game. Uh, Lazio lost 3-1, and then Milan losing 2-1. This well done by by Torino. Great, great game plan by them. Really attacking Milan. Put got the early goals against them, and then held on for dear life. Yeah, it was uh, good performances by both Torino and Salernitana. You know they should get full credit for the wins, but the, obviously Lazio and Milan were looking ahead to their games, both trying to qualify into the knockout rounds in the European European games. So obviously that's where their focus must have been. That's the only explanation I got. I don't know what you got. Okay, Alex, take it away. Match week 12, uh, what did you think? Oh, the Torino over Milan result was the most shocking thing to me, and I think it's a reminder in this Serie A season, it seems like everyone is going to have some slip-ups and some mulligans except for Napoli. Uh, that's, that's been the team, and you know, I, I guess they did have a, a draw what was with, with Lecce like two months ago, uh, over two months ago now, I think. But other than that, they've been pretty much perfect since – late August, everyone else, whether it be Milan, you know, Atalanta in second place, but they've had some stumbles here and there. They lost to Lazio not too long ago. So every team seems to be tripping over their own two feet at this point, uh, except for Napoli. And just the the sheer volume and dominance of Osimen and what Napoli were able to do. You have to wonder, and I do think it may be a little bit premature that I see some of their fans already looking like they're celebrating a Scudetto with like 28 match days left to play or 26 match days left to play. I mean, let's slow our roll a little bit, boys. They do look you. good, though. They do look They good. do look great, but it's like when you haven't won a Scudetto since 1990, you may want to like hold the celebration until April at least, but they do look excellent right now. Uh, and, you know, I, I have to, I do have to throw – you know, an individual shout out to Inter. It's not like, you know, they were going up against world beaters, but Nicolo Barella has been just sensational. Yeah. And the the goal scoring tear that he's been on uh, recently, guys, has been has been pretty a pretty fun thing to watch the way he was able to control that long pass before he fired a rocket into the back of the net. I, you know, I starting to look at what may have been limitations for Barella over the last couple of years, his finishing wasn't great, nor do you usually expect it to be great for a midfielder. It's not like this guy's a striker, but the way he's been able to finish on some scoring chances this season, I, I just wonder what the limit is for that young man. It seems like he can do just about anything out there. Sure. Um, I'll throw a few things at you guys here. Uh, the Torino-Milan game, surprising result, but I mean, I think, you know, let's face it. I mean, Milan had four bad minutes in that game where it just went sideways on them. Um, you know, I mean, Leo couldn't find the target to save his life in that game. And some things were some things were just off with Milan's performance. Um, you know, and then what, you know, Torino took advantage and they're the kind of team that takes advantage. That's always a tricky fixture. And I get that Milan a couple of years ago, uh, went out there and beat them seven nil, uh, you know, you know, in that particular fixture. But, um, that's one of the takeaways that I had looking at that game, uh, inter against Sampdoria to your point, Alex, uh, you know, a, a rude, you know, a rude homecoming, uh, for Dejan Stankovic. Uh, you know, coming back as Sampdoria manager, a 3-0 win. You know, the, I have wanted to see Inter as a more possession-dominant team and how they would handle it because I think historically when they're in those environments, it's a problem for them. 
Um, and I have seen, heck, I, I think there was a game under Conte when they were at Sampdoria and Ranieri was coaching Sampdoria. And this was, what, three years ago, two years ago? And <laughs> Inter were all over them and they, and they just couldn't, they couldn't yeah. finish. Yeah. Um, and then Sampdoria ended up going back the other way. I think that game ended in a draw. Uh, my memory escapes me. But, you know, I've seen a couple games now where Inter have had to have more of the possession, the Pilsen game in the Champions League, another great example, where they're looking a lot better, uh, you know, when they're asked to, to be in that role. The one thing that's glaring to me um, when I watch Inter play in that kind of environment, it doesn't, it suddenly is not a Lautaro Martinez game. It's an Aiden Dzeko game because yes. it's all about crossing and that guy finishing. Lautaro Martinez is the goal scorer you want when Inter in a counterattacking environment. Aiden Dzeko is the guy that you're putting a cross on his head and it's mainly coming from Fede De Marco, who's that, that left foot's a cheat code. I think we've said that over and over again on this podcast. Uh, so those were some, that, that's another thing that I, that I had as a takeaway from this. Um, I mean, any of us three could have marked Victor Ossiman better than Sassuolo did in that game on Saturday. I'm not saying that we would have stopped him, <laughs> but I, it has to be said, the first goal, there wasn't a Sassuolo player within five yards of him. How do you let that happen? Um, and I think it was – and the second goal was a matter of, you know, Ossiman found himself in between the two defenders right along the six and just at the last second sees the guy and, okay, you're going to watch the ball. I'm going to just slip back a little bit. This I see a little cutback spot. He kind of drops back a little bit. They get the ball to him, and he tucks it in. You know, just clever forward play. And it's a comment that I made on yeah. Twitter. I said, I'm seeing Victor Osiman reaching elite levels um, yeah. of, of being a striker. Stuff that you and I talked about, Richard, a few yep. years ago when we were talking about Lukaku and Zapata yeah. when they were in their form. We're seeing Victor Osiman really, really getting to that, those levels. Uh, and then finally, um, Zaniolo scoring for Roma uh, and getting back on the score sheet. And, and, and look what it did because he scored today. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we say that about finishers sometimes. That one goal that you're trying, you're desperately trying to score is miles and miles away. But once you get that one, the next one's only a block away. Um, and that seems to be that's something that, you know, when we talk about the Roma Lazio game, I'm going to talk about how important uh, Nicola Zaniolo is going to be in that game. Let me ask you so, this. On the back of Osimhen getting his hat trick, shout out to Art Morelli. He's in the in the chat. Um, do we attribute most of this because Osimhen is coming to his own, or is a little bit of a Havarashele? Is a little bit of both? I mean, this is a fantastic Napoli team. They're setting him up, and he's putting it away. I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think it's Osimhen coming to his own. Yeah. He's finally healthy, right? We finally yes. see him do what and, he and, can and, do. And, and that's the biggest thing to me, Richard, because it seems like the last couple seasons since he's been at Napoli, every time he starts to get into a rhythm, he gets injured. Like yes. he's never on the yes. pitch for 10, 12, 15 sustained matches in a row. And that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps to have that guy, number 77 over there too, who no one can stop. And he just sets you up like left, left and right. So Yeah. It's uh, impressive what they're doing, and let's see what they do in the long haul. But, yeah, it's an impressive weekend so far um, or season so far for them. Well, and I think it's just it's another layer to the point of when we talked about this. When we said all the way before the season started that – and I think we were the only ones that said it is not going to surprise us to see Kvaratskhelia go out and just be a stud right from, right from day one um, because – of the environment that he's walking into. And because, and, and when you look at how Napoli set up and how they line up, 
who do you stop that you really take the game away from them? Okay, so many you can you can double mark Alseman, um, and that's fine. Well, that you're just giving kind of you're you're just Prado's one v one, you know, with with whatever fullback's going to be on that side or. Um, Zielinski slips into those half spaces and suddenly becomes dangerous, or even the other midfielders, Lavotka and Gisa and Dombele, uh, you know, all come in and get involved. The fullbacks come forward, or do you do you shade the shape over to uh, Kavada? Well, there's more room for Zielinski to operate. I mean, yeah. it's just like Chucky Lozano. It, yeah. The list goes on and on. It seems like Lavotka so can come in. Depth. Crazy. Yeah, it's not like Milan where. Chelsea in their Champions League games against Milan shaded their defensive shape all the way over to Leo and dared them to to beat them down the right hand side. Chelsea's left, so you know, you know, you take one away, another one's going to beat you. You're going to have yeah. to come up with some kind of balance, and that's going to be interesting to talk about when we talk about that Atalanta Napoli game. Uh, so, um. And then the only other thing that I wanted to, uh, you know, and then we talked about Zaniolo getting the, getting the goal for Roma. Um, but overall, we look at a Serie A table where it just gets it just gets more and more interesting. I mean, Napoli have a five-point cushion. And then after that, you've got five teams just jockeying position. Two through six is three points apart. Yeah. Two through eight is five points apart. Udinese is still kind of in this. Um, but it's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's getting more and more interesting. Um, and I still think as much as we sit here and we praise Napoli, okay, Art, cover your ears. <laughs> I still think that they are, the schedule has been a little bit better for them than it's been for everybody else. And that's reflected in the standings. Now they'll have some adversity going to Bergamo playing Atalanta. Let's see how they adapt and let's see if they're ready. I mean, this I, I think this Atalanta game uh, Saturday is a test of their title credentials. Well, and, and this is um, also as crazy as that sounds. This is just going to be such a chaotic season with the World Cup break, and yeah. and looks like there's such a big X factor because, and and obviously, you know, the the top sides in Serie A are the ones that happen to have the most players participating in this World Cup. We don't know who's going to be most affected by that, which countries are going to make the deepest runs, which players are going to come back more fatigued or, God forbid, injured than others. Like, I, who knows what kind of a wrinkle that may throw into the second half of the year. It, it, I mean, it, it could hurt Napoli. It could benefit Napoli if other teams suffer more issues from that. You know, and it's also, you mentioned we get a good test to see what Napoli's made of this weekend against Atalanta. You can flip it and see what Atalanta's made of. Yeah, they had a couple, you know, big games this year already, but... They haven't played a Napoli team, right? So we'll see what, what how good their defense is, and then we'll see how good Napoli is against a team that plays pretty good defense. So uh, it's very, very much a one versus two, con- contrasting styles, right? This is Atalanta used to play like this, now they play very defensive. So it's gonna be entertaining, must see TV for sure. We had a lot of Calcio Twitter ripping us a new asshole for uh, even trying to have a debate about whether or not we thought Lazio was better without Chiro Immobile. We might have jumped the gun just a little bit on that conversation just because of what they did against Atalanta because since then it hasn't been – well, it's been underwhelming. Um, You know, losing in the fashion that they did to Salernitana, losing to Data Feyenoord and getting dropped to the Conference (laughs) League um, playoffs. And then – uh, the game Michelin. Uh, they ended up winning that game, but they they had to grind that one out. Yeah. Um, so those have been the three games since we had that conversation. So maybe we did jump the gun on that a little bit as it pertains to Lazio. But Immobile, they're talking about he might be back for the derby. So and we we all said that 
it's nice what Lazio is doing. They're playing very well, but of course they're not better without Immobile. We said that, so you right. know, people listened. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, people then the, just... and then the Derby, even if they do get Immobile back, Immobile back uh, SMS is uh, suspended uh, for uh, yellows right. for that. It's so it's, that it's is big. huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So any other thoughts here on match week 12 before we close the door on it? No, let's talk knockouts. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, Champions League uh, is behind us. We're a day removed from the last... Uh, knockings of the league stage of the Champions League and Alex is going to share with us what went down for the Italian teams. Well, and I think it's uh, it's pretty cool uh that we've got three Italian teams passing into the knockout stages. You know, of course the uh the, the team that didn't hold up their end of the bargain or, or Juve, we'll get to that. Uh you know, the final match day of the group stage was not so meaningful uh for Inter because their position was already locked in in second place. They went to Bayern uh fell 2-0 to Bayern Munich and for Napoli they have first place secured in their group they fell 2-0 to Liverpool on the final day it was a little bit more dramatic uh for Milan guys and and what an emphatic performance that was 4-0 against RB Salzburg I, I would love to get you guys' takes as Milan Easty because that was an exclamation point of all exclamation points to go through what were your thoughts on what ended up being a pretty calm dominant affair Frank um I actually was I actually was pretty calm uh, coming into the day on, on Wednesday. I, I thought that, you know, I looked at this Salzburg team. They're not the Salzburg teams of a few years ago. Uh, Erling Holland wasn't walking through that door among other yeah. players. Adeyemi, uh, you know, and others. So, um, you know, so I had th- th- there was a calm to me, um, mainly because you know you had Kiar back in the lineup, who I think, you, 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 and, and that's a nice back four when you set that up and it's the perfect back four to deal with what Salzburg is going to do going the other way. Kiar is very good at being the veteran that can get in the early positions and defend really well. Tamori and Kalulu can do all of the recovery. And the three of them there gives Teo a lot of freedom to go forward. Teo was bombing forward. He deserved a goal in this game. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. didn't get one. Um, Olivier Giroud, the big man for the big occasion right now. I mean, he just scores goals when Milan need goals in, in, in certain in certain situations, he was fantastic. I thought Sandro Tonali was terrific. Um, you know, I think it was your typical performance. I think that they once again covered for deficiencies on the right hand side in the attack. Ante Rebic is a guy that I think we've been asking for to play that role, uh, and he even hasn't lived up. We might just be cursed at that position, Richard. Um, right wingers seem to contribute though. It, we're looking for a Leao yeah. on the right wing, and Salamaker scores in Champions League. So is Messias. Rebic getting assists. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's not what you want to see, but they're they're converting. You know, so I'll take it for now. And a great bounce back performance for Tatrashanu after yes. after uh, after getting beaten a couple times. He made some sa- he made some important saves in this game. You know, when things were still in the two nil range, when things were still tight that one would have given Salzburg some in- incentive to get back into the game. So I thought that he performed really well, too. Um, you know, it was a complete team performance. It demanded a complete team performance, and I thought that we would get that out of Milan. I looked at the Torino game and shrugged my shoulders and said, we were shit. There was four minutes where we were shit, and we paid for it. So, um, But here, here we put it together, and it was one of the more complete 90-minute performances Milan has had this season. You seem more confident than I was because after that Torino game, I'm like, 
you better damn well perform because you just dropped an egg against Torino. You better show up. You're saying you're holding all your eggs for this big game, which is huge for them, right? Uh, and then they they provided, right? The first half was a little eh, right? Salzburg nearly scored a couple of times. Um, but Milan ultimately progressed with no goalie uh, because say what you want with Tatarasano, he's he makes some saves, but he's not Magnon. And Milan basically no. played with 10 players at the, you know, like that. But no, they responded really well. Um Leao was fantastic. Giroud was fantastic. Um, Messias scoring again, back-to-back games. It's it's a good performance, and they needed that. The, the way that the game was going to end up was going to tell you a lot about Milan. If they flubbed this and choked this some way and didn't qualify, everyone you're pointing at them, and all this pressure is going to be on them now. Like you can't get out of Champions League. Where's this Champions League DNA? And then now all this pressure in the, in the league. But they've got it done, so that's a huge chip off their shoulder. Huge chip off Pioli's shoulder. Um, hence, he got the extension right before the game. So, yeah, good performance all the way by all, all the way around by Milan, and um, they can breathe easy until the draw on Monday when they get a, mm. a big boy. But it's fine. That's fine. Well, but, but you know, there, there are some possibilities with you know Milan and Inter uh, both go through their group second, and yep. you know, I guess the hope would be. You draw a uh, a Portuguese team and not you know a, a Premier League giant or or a, you know Real Madrid. So you say you, that you... like it's a good thing. <laughs> Portuguese teams are historically good against at least Milan. I don't know about Inter; they might favor Inter, but Milan are terrible against Porto and so are Juventus. Are good. <laughs> They're historically good. They're historically <laughs> yeah. good against Italian teams in general. That's true. No, yeah. you're yeah. right about yeah. that. Yeah. I'd still I'd still rather face one of them than Man City. <laughs> I will say that. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I want to see so, Man City PSG, but you know. Milan's Milan's options for the knockouts are Benfica, Manchester City, Real Madrid, uh, Tottenham, Bayern, uh, and Porto. So they have they, 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 it's it's any of those six. Inter's yeah. going to get Tottenham. We know that, right? Conte. Which, what, yeah, I, I, and, and you know what? I it, I wouldn't mind it just for the stories. I mean, uh, you know, to to go up against Conte's Tottenham uh, would be that that would be a lot of fun. So if if you know some people believe these things are rigged, guys, these draws, and if yeah, if that is the case, expect Inter Tottenham. And, yeah. and if they don't get that the first time around, they will redo the draw because they've done that before. <laughs> oh, we messed up. Let's start over. Yeah. Do we think not? We probably think that. I mean, the, the Napoli fans are already. A, a couple of them were already moaning. We're going to get PSG. <laughs> so. mm. That would be fun to watch, but hopefully they don't get PSG because uh, you want to see Napoli get the like Club Rouge or someone like that, someone that gives them a chance to continue playing the way. To, what you want is all the Italian teams to avoid the big dogs. Obviously, the yeah. all the second ranked teams, Milan and Inter, are not going to get that. But Napoli hopefully should get credited. You know this rig system credited for winning, being in first place, and getting a team that's not as good. Hopefully, hopefully, because uh, I would love to see Napoli get out of this round sixteen, go to round of eight, right? Uh, and that would just boost their confidence even more. Uh, and it would do so much just for Serie A to have another team going deep and to have a play a team like PSG or I don't know who else. I got to look at all the second seeds. Um, it would be they a have five. For they winning. have five possibilities. Okay, mm. Bruges, uh, Frankfurt. Leipzig, Dortmund, or PSG? Yeah, anyone but PSG, I would think. Yeah. So, 
Um, well, and, and, and guys, we, we, we hope we can get, uh, you know, an Italian winner in all these European competitions. You have three Italian clubs advancing in Champions League. Uh, congratulations to Juventus for qualifying <laughs> for the Europa League knockout stages. <laughs> Roma in that mix as well. And we got we got Lazio now. Congratulations on your uh, your Conference League knockout stages. I actually figured yeah. out I can watch the and I, I joke they're they're available on the same service, actually. In the states, uh, Paramount Plus, the Champions League and Europa League are on. But I'll, I will support our guy Jerry and and watch watch uh, Lazio's run through that. What, what did Tade call it? The the loser competition that they're they're, they're now going to be in. Yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. So let me ask you this: as an Inter fan, uh, uh, Alex, your your options are Porto, uh, Tottenham, uh, Chelsea, Real Madrid, Man City, Benfica. Uh, Tottenham is the probably the one you're relishing. Um, yes. but do, do you do you look forward to drawing any of those other teams? Um, honestly, outside of Tottenham, I just would like to draw basically anybody other than Man City. Uh, it would you know it would just be uh, it, it would be kind of like a, a kick to the groin if Inter draw <laughs> Man City and then Milan get a more winnable round of 16 draw. So I, I, I would be happy with anyone other than Man City because I, I feel like it could at least be competitive <laughs> for the most part. Though I will say this against the last game against Bayern, I thought you guys looked pretty good. Um, you started a B lineup, but you did yeah. pretty, you know, you fared pretty okay. Uh, had some chances early on and ha- had one of those chances gone in, got a goal. Who knows how the game would have been? But I thought you guys performed very well against Bayern, who are probably as good as Man City, very close. Uh, so at least if you do play City, you have an idea of how you have to play. It's a little bit slower paced, but it's a lot of possession. And uh, so. Nailing them on the counterattack, which you guys are good at, it'll be key in, in, the, in that game. Hopefully, you don't get it though. Yeah, it's it's been some good and some bad, mostly good with Inter lately. They've been on a nice run. Now, I think the fact that they, they've been able to actually up their level of play without Brozovic has been a good sign. Because uh, I, you know, I do. I'm, I'm not saying they're better without him, but yeah. they're, they're they've been clicking without him. So, and, and he should be back soon. I think he's going to be uh, on the squad uh, this weekend. So it's it's only a matter of of time that he's fully fit to start again. Uh, then obviously my frustration comes from another muscular injury for Lukaku. And it seems like we may not see him again until 2023. I, I don't know what Chelsea did to him because, you know, Lukaku under Conte and Pintas Voodoo. a couple of years ago, uh, he, he was just an Iron Man, and then he goes out to Chelsea. And now it's, you know, every other day, a, a different hamstring is pulled. Fish and so chips, fish and chips. Yeah, exactly. I'll say this in general, as far as Napoli, Milan and Inter, when we get into this draw tomorrow, I firmly believe that, our Serie A teams are at a point where nobody wants to play them. Okay. Um, I, you know, for a even while Juve? here, what's that? Even Juve? Even, well, no, I'm talking about Napoli, Min- oh, oh, okay. Napoli yeah, yeah, Milan, yeah. and Inter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think these are teams that, you know, the other teams that are that are going to be drawn in these pots, I'm looking at, man, I hope we don't get these guys. You know, I, 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 I really firmly believe that, the City teams have finally gotten to that point. We've had years of, oh, I'd, I'd love to get Juve or I'd love to get this Inter team or, or, or somebody like this, you know, where I think that you look at Inter now all of a sudden under Inzaghi. I mean, you look at last year, I, they performed admirably over two legs against Liverpool, um, yeah. you know, and just yeah. came up a little bit short. You know, we'll see what Milan are going to be made of. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm sure that 
the last time Milan were in the knockout stage, Diego Simeone at Atletico Madrid couldn't wait to play them, you know, and brush them aside and say, okay, these are two games we don't have to worry about too, too much. Um, you know, and the same thing with the second place teams that, you know, all have a chance to play Napoli. I don't think any of them are interested in, uh, you know, seeing Napoli come out, uh, you know, come out of the bowl. So uh, I, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to when this draw happens. I don't think that, I, I think the Serie A teams are getting to the point now where they're, they, where they can be feared. What do you guys think? Yeah, and, and it's a good sign, I think, Richard, to see a little bit more parity. And yeah, I, I don't. I it, it's hard to even put my finger on exactly what's causing it because you know you look at the way Serie A for the most part is being outspent, you know, by by La Liga and Premier League especially. So I don't know if it's just been a really good run of Serie A coaching, or if even though the Serie A clubs may not be as deep as some of the English and Spanish clubs. Uh, they've just been clicking over the last couple of seasons. But uh, you're totally right because it shouldn't really be going this way. I mean, you just look at the way that other leagues are, are outspending Serie A clubs at this point. It should be getting more lopsided, not less. But I, it's it's a welcome change. Uh, Dominic, I don't know the answer to your question. We'll we'll, we'll find out, though. Um, What's his question? It is how far into the Champions League does the winter transfer window happen this year? I imagine it's still January, but I don't know. Um, yeah, the winter transfer window, I think, is still January, and then the UCL is going to resume. What did I say? February, it's, Valentine's Day. They said three, yeah, the week of Valentine's Day. Is that for sure? It's actually Valentine's Day, I think, is when they start. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Hope, uh, right on, I'm already at the Valen- cl- I'm about Milan to say, I'm all- on Valentine's Day. I'm going to have bad news for my wife. Yeah. I was just going to say, I have to come up with an excuse why we have to go yeah. out a different night. You have to see Dr. Ibrahimovic. <laughs> get the note get the note get the note from ebra there you go yeah, yeah. uh what are we talking about <laughs> went off the rails Tra- transfer window and uh and champions league i mean i, I we're all in agreement though napoli like i mean before we get to, oh. to we'll talk europa here in conference in a minute i think we're all in agreement that napoli would like to see bruges out of their five possibilities yeah yeah i mean bruges came out to a blistering start but i think over the course of this to Catalade against his former team? We can't. No, we're, we're both second place. We can't get them. Mm. That would have been nice. You're right. Napoli, um, though. Yeah, yeah, Napoli. Yeah. I mean, to go back to what Alex was saying before, I think just because you spend money doesn't mean anything, right? That's why PSG and Man City have not won a Champions League yet. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It comes down to coaching tactics. Italians have always had better managing tactics. That's why they win the Premier League, right? Sorry, Greg Graham Saunas. Uh, but... What Spalletti's doing at Napoli, fantastic, right? He finally has a team that is perfect for him. Pioli has come into his own at Milan. Pioli's on fire is the, the slogan, right? And yeah. what they've done under, under Pioli has been is fantastic. And then Zaghi's picked up what Conte's did, tweaked it to what he does, and they're continuing on on that. It hasn't really dropped much. It's different antics on the sidelines, if you will, but it's still a very good squad. And Zaghi's finding different ways to do it than Conte and still get the job done. Obviously, they got to the knockout knockout rounds, which Conte couldn't do. So right. you should be fear of these three teams because tactically, if you are somewhat superior to them, whether it's money-wise or talent-wise, they can find a way to shut you down. All three of these managers, Spalletti, Pioli, and Inzaghi, know how to take out the, the strengths of another team and just force you to beat you another way. Now, when you have money, you can have talent, and you take out one guy, you got to worry about somebody else, right? That's kind of like what we have to worry about Napoli in the league is you take out Havarashelia, you got Lozano, you got all these other pieces. So 
that'll be the key, the trick. But I think the the way the coaching is and and from the Italian teams makes them just as formidable to play against anybody. And that's the advantage we have at the moment as a city community. Um, I do want to, I do want to quick address something here real quick here. We should talk about Juve as they're, as, as they finished third and got consigned to the Europa League. And, and before I do that, Ollie, take your wife on a romantic. My wife and I actually on our honeymoon, we were at the, Mil- we went to, the, we were at the Milan Derby. So See? Uh, wow. you have history. You can do it again. September 28th, 2008. So if I told her we could go back to Italy and just we're this Valentine's Day, it'd be very romantic. Yeah, it would be. There you go. It would be take her back <laughs> over to uh, take her back over to see the uh, Last Supper painting, and you can go uh, to the Galleria, where of course I am at this very moment. She can get those boots that she complained were too expensive, and I kept telling her, I said, you know what, we're coming home broke. Just get the damn boots. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, we Juventus. should talk about Juventus. I mean, Richard and I both predicted that Juventus were not going to qualify out of this group. We thought PSG and Benfica would go through. Even though we said Juve would finish third in this group, we're not going to let them off easy here. This is Juventus. This is the like cringeworthy obsession that Agnelli has with this competition, or at least had when he bought Ronaldo. I don't know how he feels about it these days. Um, you know that this was what they were all in on trying to win. And now you've gotten to the point, you, you, you went from being a finalist in 2017, going to get Ronaldo only to get knocked out by Leon and Ajax and Porto in the knockout stages to now you can't even get out of a group. Um, I mean, this is just the one thing that, they're never going to – it just seems like they're never going to have. It's almost like Milan, Napoli, and Inter all have better chances of winning the Champions League than Juventus do now. Well, because they're in the knockouts this year, but <laughs> going forward as well. I mean, yeah. uh, so while we predicted third for them and that they would get bounced to the Europa League, this is a failure. Yeah, and, and it's a failure that has been building for the last four or five years. And, you know, when you brought up – Ronaldo, I still think that the the money that they spent on Cristiano and not getting that return on investment because they bought Cristiano for one reason and one reason only back in 2018, and that was to win the Champions League. And they, they had to sacrifice other parts of their finances to do that. I think that the Ronaldo move cost them Beppe Marotta. Uh, they, you know, they, they just Because I don't think he was for that move. I think he wanted to go in a different direction. They parted ways because of that. That really left a longstanding damage on Juventus' sporting projects. So those were big mistakes there. And then I think bringing back Allegri. Well, I, I thought at the time... I thought it was the right move. Um, I think we were all wrong about it. The, the two years that Allegri was off. I don't know what this guy did because usually when you have managers take a hiatus, they usually come back refreshed with some new ideas. Ibiza. Yeah, he, he came <laughs> back from a two-year hiatus. His ideas got 100 years older. Like he started playing 19th century Calcio again. Like I, mm-hmm. so, he, I didn't, mean, he didn't even watch Calcio. That's a problem. I think that was the problem. So really, I mean, what you had with Juve, and, and they're going to be back at some point, obviously, because, uh, you know, Juventus are not going to be sleeping giants for very long. But I, I think it's really been a culmination of four, four or five years worth of mistakes that have brought them to this point. Yeah, And I think we've all agreed. We've discussed. We exhausted this on last week's podcast. 
while you were on vacation. I don't know where. where so You're not going to give you, that up, are you? <laughs> by the way, where do you vacation from Miami? Uh, we, you know, <laughs> it, a it's a great vacation. question. We, we, we went to Disney World and we were there for like a week. I am completely uh, broke. I found course. a way, guys. I seriously, I, I lose more money in Disney World than I do in Las Vegas because at least occasionally I'll win a few hands of blackjack, right? Where yeah. in, in Disney World, you're not winning anything back, man. So I, yeah. it's all, yeah. all the money is gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's under, very understandable. I believe that very, very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, where the hell was I? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We can get into Europa League, though. I mean, yeah, we can probably just get into the. We can probably just get. But no, we we exhaust. Richard and I were exhausted this last week. I said, Juventus need to just stop going out and getting the same guys. Characteristic. The midfield is the issue. Midfield, and they, they need get to the have wrong some kind midfield of, players. Yes, some characteristic diversity in in what they have. You know, because you look at some of these other teams that are going through, and the mix of players that they put in their midfield, you don't have that at Juve. Um, I will say this, I will commend them because, man, when I looked that they were going to trot out Bonucci and Gatti and Sandro with those three midfielders in front of them, I sat there and I said, Messi and Mbappe are just going to boat race these guys. And they didn't, you know. Well, one goal um, they did. Might have, well, I mean, they, they they did enough to win the game. Yeah, they won 2-1, yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it might have been a little bit different story if Neymar was out there and not Soler, but it was, you know, you got to, I mean, at the end, you got to give Juve a little bit of credit that they chose not to get embarrassed on their 125th birthday. Yeah. So I will say yeah, this, there is promise with Miretti, Fagioli, Ealing, um, yes. a couple other guys too. There are, there are some sure. promising players coming through the ranks and Chiesa is coming back as well. But yeah, this is not a team that should be in the Europa league, you know, I mean, it is based on what we, what they, how they're performing, but not what we're expecting. And so, at least they're still in the knockout round. How serious are they going to take it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question to see, you know, compared to their counterpart in this. And I'm going to segue into the Europa League here. Um, Roma and Lazio were the two teams who were in it for Serie A. And I, I think we all expected both of them to qualify. Uh, Roma did their job, right? They won three to one. They gave up an early goal to Ludogorets, uh, made everybody sweat there, but they kind of kicked things up. Two penalties at Pellegrini, Zagnolo at the end, what Frank said earlier, and they won fairly comfortably. Um, and so good. They move on. They're going to be with Juventus. But Lazio, we talked about this with Milan and, and Lazio on the weekend, how they were looking ahead. And I, I said, if Milan lost in the, in the round of uh, the last game here against Salzburg, it'd be embarrassing. Lazio went ahead and did that. Yeah. They embarrass themselves. Yes, the team they lost to Feyenoord is good, and and playing in, in Netherlands is hard. You still have a far superior team talent-wise. You should be winning that game. And then they lost one nothing. And yeah, I know the group was tight. Everybody had eight points, but you lose one nothing to Feyenoord in a game was a must-win. You had to outperform everybody else in the group because everyone was tight, and they couldn't do it. And I fully expected Sadi with his um, experience in the Europa League. To find a way to find the twist the right buttons and get the job done, and they couldn't do it. And now, you know, they're, they're not completely out of it. They go to the conference league, the losers tournament, as their owner says. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. And so it's Lazio, or excuse me, Roma and Juventus now in the Europa League. And I asked you guys, someone in the chat, a couple people in the chat were talking about it that who's going to go further in the tournament? Is it going to be Juventus or Roma? Obviously, there's some big boys, Arsenal, mm. Barcelona, and some other big guys in there, but. 
between these two? Can one of these two teams win it? And who was going to go further? I asked you first, Alex. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, because you talk about having, you know, experience in some of these tournaments. Uh, you know, you look at Mourinho's success in Europe and, you know, for what it's worth coming off of a conference league victory. I mean, it is a European tournament. So I, I, I would probably put my money on Roma. I think Roma could make a run in Europa League. I'm also... I'm not sleeping on Lazio in Conference League. I, I don't exactly have a full grasp of the Conference League field, but I feel like they should be probably one of the top two or three most equipped teams to win that tournament. So, I mean, you, you could get a Conference League winner and maybe a, a Europa League winner the same season. It's true. All three. Um, mm. <laughs> I think it's more important for Roma yes. than it is for Juventus. You think so? I, I think a run in the Europa League is more necessary for Roma than it is for Juventus, and I'll say why. They just won the Conference League that a lot of Calcio Twitter and a lot of the casual fans out there still don't take the Conference League seriously. You know, and they, you know, Roma won it last year. They're the first to win it, and a lot of the Calcio Twitter fan base is saying, oh, that's cute. You got something to go with your tree. Um, you know, so. And by all of Calcio Twitter, you mean Jerry Mancini. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's about 30% of it. Um, <laughs> so, um, so my feeling is I think that a run in the Europa League further validates Jose Mourinho's project. Um, I think that Juventus's. A run for Juventus in the Europa League is just going to lead to Calcio fans and Juve fans saying, well, why can't you do that in the Champions League? Mm. You know, I think that there's there's different there's different parallels here. And I just think that it's a better it's a better situation for Mourinho to go deeper for Roma. You know, I I, I would prioritize sure. pulling for Roma to win this thing more than for Juventus to winning the, Juventus winning this thing. Um, you know, for those reasons, if if, if anything I just said made sense. Um, yeah, I think Roma are almost expected to go deep after last year's win in the Conference League, right? And so you know, this group, this very same group, went through the trenches last year, albeit Conference League, and won. So they should, mentality-wise, be able to go through another daunting task. Yes, they got bigger teams now they got to worry about. But they should be able to go in the long haul. I think this is, and I'll just play devil's advocate, I think it's important for Juventus because if they flo- they flub out, and I know the argument's going to be, oh, they're going to focus on Serie A, trying to make top four. They're not making top four. They need to go deep. They need to prove that they're actually decent enough team still they're not completely in a rebuild mode and they need to go deep because if they don't go deep everyone's going to be like blow it up blow it up mm-hmm. we suck you, you don't go far in, a, in europa league and you they're certainly not gonna make the top four what are they gonna look for people are gonna be i mean allegri's already out we know he's out it's just a matter of time um the question is how soon is it gonna be and if he loses in the next round he's definitely gonna be i mean they have to get rid of him right i know the the cost is absurd to get rid of him but they got to, and it's important for Juve, in my opinion, just to play devil's advocate. So isn't it, it almost one of those things where if they do flame out, maybe it's a blessing in disguise because that only accelerates the the dismissal? Because maybe, and obviously, as you mentioned, they do have a handful of young pieces that they can build around, but maybe blowing it up is not the worst idea, right? Because I, I think that they've been trying to yeah. cling, they've been trying to cling to this cycle for a little bit too long, and I guess Agnelli didn't get the memo that the cycle that they were on, you know, for 
how many what was it 10 straight Scudetti that they won that that cycle's been over for a few seasons now and he's finally just getting the memo mm. who does I mean I'm looking at this draw for the Europa League playoff round and there's going to be some pretty tasty games yeah uh, some pretty tasty matchups here a big I mean team. Juventus Juventus could get Manchester United Michelin how <laughs> How great would that be for Roma fans if Roma got Michelin after Lazio had such a hard time with them overall? <laughs> so, as long as Roma don't get Bodo Glimt. Yeah. Yep. Monaco, not uh, PSV Eindhoven, Ron, Ron, it's Todd Rene. I'm just going to say Rene because when it's spelled R E N N E S, I don't know how to pronounce it because it's. I think it's Ren, isn't it? Ren, it is. Ren. Is it just Ren? Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Ask the polyglot up there. It's Ren. Yeah. Ren. Okay. Or Union Berlin. Those are, I mean, those are Juve's possible opponents. So All Roma, different. so Roma can't play Michelin in this in in this draw. So unfortunately, maybe later in the tournament they could, which would be great. Roma's possible opponents: Ajax, Barcelona, Leverkusen, Salzburg, Sevilla, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sporting. I would so. answer the question here: Where is it better for Roma to get a big team sooner or later? I say later. Yeah. Uh, because you want to get the 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 confidence, the full head of steam going, get the train rolling, and then when you play big boy, at least you have confidence. Yeah, they probably could still do well here. Mourinho with his tactics, it probably, if they beat a big boy early, it would do really well. But I, as a pessimist, I would say, give me a small team first. Let me work my way into the tournament before I get the big boys at the end. But, you know, that's how but I who's a big? Wait a second. Go. Who's a big boy out of these out of these options? Well, IX, I would say Barcelona I would say is... Um, I, I'm not, no, I mean, th- this this IX is Roma? not the IX of the last few years. Compared to Roma? It's not the IX of 1991, Richard. This is compared to the Roma? IX of On brand name, I mean, uh, yeah, on brand name, it would be fun. But, I mean, Barcelona might be the yeah. one team. Barcelona, for sure. Yeah, Barca. If yeah. they care about it and throw Lewandowski out there, mm. okay, that's that's the question. Other than that, I'm, I'm not worried about this. And we talked about this when we were talking about Napoli going through that group. This IX team doesn't scare me. No. I mean, they're not the IX team of the last few years. All of those guys are gone. Okay, Ten Hag's gone. It's it's a it's a it's an IX team that's reloading. If you want I, if if you want to if this is the time to draw IX early, if you want to draw them, this is a team that just they they couldn't figure out Napoli or Liverpool. Got beaten pretty handily by both teams, and they're just going to have a crisis of confidence playing against anybody big. Yeah, you know. Not necessarily going on a limb and calling Roma big here, but I think Roma could beat Ajax over two legs. I well, I say this: Roma struggled against teams that have talented wingers, fast-paced wingers like Bodo Glimt, uh, and so you go to Ajax, who certainly have pace. They're maybe not the most talented team, or whatever. But they certainly have youth. They have pace. They can certainly exploit them in the weaknesses, and so. But no, they don't have pace anymore, Richard. They have technique. They have great technique. They don't have pace. Yeah, Bergwijn's not right. pace. That's fair. Anthony is Berghaus, Berghaus isn't pace. The, the pace comes up front with Kudus. Yeah. Um, or uh, whenever if, – if, yeah, Tadic I mean, is still Tadic. And, yeah, know, they've experience. got the, – the, the, they're, they're incredibly technical. Don't get me wrong. But they're not yeah. the – I mean, they're not the, – David Neres, Anthony – uh, those guys, even Gravenberg coming from the midfield, those Too guys. Too bad they gone. couldn't get United, right? <laughs> I know that would be fun with Mourinho. I mean, d- d- yeah. down the road they can. But and, and to answer the original question, 
Uh, not not to say that there's too many giants to be had next round, but I just to me it's simple mathematics that you want to get the easiest road because the farther you go, the more revenue you earn, yeah. right per each round. So that's you, you want to have the easiest road possible to the finals because you're you're picking up revenue for your club every every round you advance. Yeah, as long as it's not Bodo Club drama, should be yeah. fine. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, there was also the conference league, right? And uh, Fiorentina did their job. They won again, yeah. three nothing. They had three goals in the first half, uh, and so they easily move on. So now it's them and Lazio. Oh, Lazio! You know the owner talking shit about Roma and say it's a it's a tournament for losers, and now they're in the tournament for losers. Apparently, um, I asked this between Lazio and Fiorentina, who do you like more to go further in the tournament? I, I think Lazio's got more upside. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I you know obviously yeah, yeah Immobile needs to be healthy and SMS needs to be out there, but I, I to me Lazio is just a better team. It's kind of shocking that they are where they are because they should still be in Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just look at who Lazio could potentially play here: Anderlecht, Basel, Cluj, Dnipro, Ghent, Lech, Poznan, Partizan. Who who should they be scared of out of those? A lot of Wi-Fi passwords in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe get exactly. So, yeah, so not much. you know, where, where Fiorentina Braga's in play for them. Hmm. Uh, Ludo Gretz, who gave Roma all they could handle. Um, Karabag, uh, don't underestimate what it's like having to go with that. And that Travis on sport team is pretty solid. Um, yeah. Bacasetis can play Trezeguet, uh, Striker Larson has some Serie A, knows is going to know how to play Serie A teams. So, um, you know, so I. Fiorentina will have a tougher draw than Lazio will. So, um, and then, and and Fiorentina has not really shown that they can navigate playing every three days. You know, maybe the other challenge apex's point, maybe they focus all their attention on the conference league and, and scrap the league. You know, we saw this at the lot in the past where they couldn't handle both tournaments at the same time. And so they prioritized champions league for the league. And then once they got out, they, they came back. And I think, Fiorentina, I agree with this. I think Fiorentina could throw all their eggs into European, uh, the Conference League and really have a go at it. Um, this team is a good team, I think, for a tournament style. They're unproven, for sure. And I, I, I prefer Lazio in that situation because, you know, Sadi has experience. This is a really good team with Lazio. But don't discount this Fiorentina team. I think if they do put all their eggs in, this, in their basket for the Conference League, they could go far. Will they go farther than Lazio? I don't know. I'm not, not quite ready to say that, but I think they can still do a pretty decent job, you know, as long as they can keep away from Braga and, and those likes. But uh, yep. yeah, it's it's an interesting tournament. Yep. Um. So, t- I guess let's wrap the European preview by asking team that's like most likely to go deep out of any of these competitions and team least likely. Ooh, least likely, easy Juventus. Yeah, I don't I, like I, them at all. I, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they put stock in this. I'd... Okay, I'm gonna say the chance. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. So I, I I'll say this because that's I'll, a. It's it's an interesting question. Does Napoli can Napoli go deep? I mean, it's gonna. I mean, the draw. The Champions League teams. I think Napoli goes the furthest of the three. Napoli's yeah. the furthest of the three yes. Italian teams in Champions League. Yeah. Okay. In Europa League, I say it's Roma, and in the Conference League, I say Lazio. Now between those three teams. Man, it's hard because I'm going Roma. I think teams. Roma make a big run in the Europa League. I think it's between them and and Napoli. 
And Napoli need to draw to favor them. As long as they can avoid the big, big boys until the late, late stages, they'll be okay. I'm going to ride the hot wave at the moment, and I'm going to say Napoli. Um, long as they can avoid, if, long as the draw favors them, they can go deep. Knowing that, they're probably going to get PSG and lose the next round. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I, I, I think, I think as, as long as Lazio don't tank the competition, I, I feel like they can win conference league I, I really do and and i agree with everything else richard said napoli to me they're the best side in italy right now they play a progressive style of attacking football and they're so deep up front it, it looks like it's going to mesh well in champions league uh you know despite the lack of of experience they have making those kind of runs and not having won the competition i, I still think napoli on paper look like the side to do that um it, it's hard like with inter and milan there's just such a question mark with the draw because they they can either draw yeah. a real giant or or they could get a little bit lucky um you know depending on who they draw you know i i, I could see inter maybe advancing beyond the round of 16 this season totally depending on the draw again only because they have some experience in the competition and they did pretty well against liverpool in the knockouts last year and i i do kind of believe in the whole incremental thing mm-hmm. obviously juventus did the opposite in recent years where they got a little bit worse every year but i, I do believe you learn how to get through these knockout stages and maybe the experience inter had last season they might be maybe one year ahead of milan on that front so i I could see inter maybe getting to the quarterfinals depending on a a favorable draw here but the the safe pick would be napoli frank you got roma roma's got they can win it i think roma makes it i think roma's at least going to the last four of the europa league yeah i i i I think it's set for them Mourinho's a good cup manager yes i think when when they want to be invested in a competition they can they can go and get it and i think this game against Ludogratz today was a microcosm of that because he played a changed side to start the game and they were down one nil and Jose just said, fuck this and made three subs at halftime. That just Zaniola was a sh- game changer in that game. Yes. Yeah. Completely shifted the game. Um, and, and that's, uh, and that's how it went. So, um, so that's, that, that, that's for, that's it for me. I mean, I, th- I think Roma goes farther than any Italian team in any European competition this year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, so that's our roundup on Europe. What did you guys think? Tell us at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Been a while since I've asked anybody to give us their thoughts because you're losing I think it, man. You're losing it. Giving us their thoughts. So, because <laughs> you stopped um, asking. Well, I think they just listen to us and they just say, "Well, yeah, okay, fine. We, we don't need uh-huh. you know. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you any backlash. We did the, the the most backlash we got was this whole Lazio clip we did about are they better without Immobile? And <laughs> Richard Richard framed it. Richard framed it to where it became clickbait. So love it. It's it true. It no but uh, now let's shift our focus to match week thirteen because man, we got some big games this weekend. Alex, a small matter of first versus second on Saturday. And you know what the crazy thing about this, and I even I even say this, admitting this as an Interista, that Derby d'Italia is not the biggest Serie A match this weekend. I mean, how can it be when you literally mm-hmm. have the top team in the league right now, Napoli, who have absolutely been flying seven-match winning streak in all competitions, taking on an Atalanta side that are, you know, five points back, but somewhat surprisingly in second place right now. And they're not having to deal with European competitions, which could benefit them in the long run. Uh, Saturday, 6 p.m. Italian time, local time out there. Uh, So this is going to be very interesting, guys, because I look at the swing here. 
If Napoli take all three points, is they're slightly favored to do it, plus 110. Uh, both sides are in the plus money, so is the draw. But Nop- Napoli are the betting favorite here, and they probably on paper should win this match, even though it's in Bergamo. And if they do win it, they go eight points clear of Atalanta. And if Atalanta wins it, they either, what are they, three, two, three points uh, only below Napoli, two points, I believe. Math is not my strong suit. So there's a gigantic swing <laughs> yeah. one way or the other in this match, guys. And and, and I'll, I'll pose this to you first, uh, Richard. How much of a shot do you give Atalanta here? Because, you know, they you know, kind of mixed results over the last five. I think they've won three, lost one to, our, to Lazio. They've drawn one in that last where Napoli has looked just infallible lately. Uh, do you think Atalanta get a, a big result at home? Don't discount them, right? Defense wins championships. And not that I'm going to say Atalanta won the Scudetto this year, but defense finds a way to neutralize a lot of things. And we've seen high-powered offenses get shut down by a very good defensive or park-the-bus mentality. Do I think Atalanta going to park the bus? No. But will they do well defensively? They know. They have to know Havrashelia is the number one target for them. Osimhen, you must cover him because if you don't, you see what Sassuolo happened, right? Three goals. Um, it's not going to be easy. It, it isn't against Napoli. But Atalanta this year, if you said this in the past, you should just shoot me if you talk about defense and, and Atalanta. But this year, they can play defense and they're opportunistic. Adama Lukman is having a good year this year with Atalanta. Obviously, having uh, the talented players that they have, don't discount Atalanta. I think they can get a result, and by result, I mean draw, maybe a win. It's possible, but it's hard. It's both. Napoli is in fantastic form at the moment, but to answer your question, I do think Atalanta could upset them, meaning two versus one, and I would not be completely surprised because of. When you play good defense, anything is possible. And Atalanta play very good defense in the league. So, um, I wanted to, you know, you know, I, I'm guilty of not watching enough Atalanta this season. So I, I, I dialed into the Empoli game here on Sunday, and I watched a few other games uh, because what we have talked about throughout the season is that okay, there is a uh, pretty much a 180 degree shift uh, to how Atalanta does their business now on the pitch. Um, Gasparini has changed this team. He's turned them into a counterattacking team. He had to, you know, and I'm going to go back and regurgitate some things that we've, we've said on this podcast that, you know, they're not the pressing team that they used to be where the, the wingbacks are bombing forward and are part of the goals and all of this other stuff, because it left so many spaces exposed in particular between those two center midfielders and that, and that back three. And they were just getting roasted game after game, especially last year, people figured it out. So Gasparini turned shift. So what I see from them when I watch the Empoli game, because Empoli try to play a technical game as well. Um, I see Atalanta dropping off. They're not pressing. I see more confrontation in the middle third of the field. And what they do is that they'll zonally crowd the ball. Okay. They'll get numbers over to the ball side. They'll try to prevent you from switching the point of attack. uh, And they're going to try to make your game predictable just in those small spaces. The interesting part that I watched as Empoli was entering the final third, you saw Atalanta shifting from being a, a ball crowding shape to, okay, now we man mark. Um, and, you know, and it wasn't, there weren't specific assignments. There was, okay, if you're closest to this guy, that's your guy. If you're closest to him, if you're the closest. So 
Um, and it was effective against Empoli. It's been effective against a lot of teams. It wasn't effective against Lazio, some some moments of, of, of lapses in concentration. And I think that that is something that is real when you're a man marking defense in your own third in those situations, that's that can be really hard to do and very, very easy to lose your concentration. Okay, so a couple of things that I'm going to watch out for when I watch Napoli attack. First of all, is Zielinski getting into the spaces between those two midfielders and that back three? Because if he is, forget it. Napoli are going to kill this game. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's one. That's one thing I look at. Can Osimhen continue to be clever like he was against Sassuolo and read where the defenders are going? And okay, I got to get out of here. I got to get into these spaces where I can get the ball and finish. Okay, that's number. You know, that's number two. And then Kvaratskhelia. How do you? How do Atalanta deal with him? Okay, um, so while they have done this, and they, this is the test that Atalanta have prepared for doing this style week after week after week for a game like this. And I think there's going to be just too much for them. I'm also going to go on the Michael Lisi theory of Atalanta are not very good at home. Um, yeah. And this is a home match for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put all of that together, and I'm going to say that Napoli win this game 2-1. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a compelling watch. Yeah. Atalanta are going to get one going back the other way. They're going to have a lot of great chances to even make this 2-2, and it wouldn't surprise me if it ended like that. But I'm going to go 2-1 to Napoli, and they stretch their lead a little bit in the table after Saturday. You know what it's going to be hard for Atalanta is that Spalletti gives free reign to Havrashelia to drift from the left wing to the right wing when he wants. When he feels that there's too much pressure, he has a freedom to move over there. And I don't know if Atalanta will be ready for it because if he sniffs that they're shading on his side way too much, um, he'll he'll sneak over there and then eventually they get one-on-one in a matchup that Atalanta are not ready for and it can exploit them, whether he scores or assists, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Find a way. Yeah. And will the communication be there? And then the gonna other thing you're going to have to look at, 4-3-3 for Napoli. Watch him. Between Zelensky and him, how the movement goes, right? Those two guys have a lot of freedom on the pitch for a good reason. When he drifts away from the left wing spot, because you know they're going to be crowding it, can they can they spot it and handle it? And I don't know if they will. That's the hard part. That's what Atalanta really have to focus in on. If they can, they're going to win. That's a and big ask. Napoli's a three-man midfield against the two center mids for Atalanta. They're going to be outnumbered in that particular space. <clears throat> you know, so... It, if Zielinski doesn't get behind, if one of them tracks with him, then Angisa or Lobotka or whoever's going to start in those other spots are going to have some are going to have some room to work with the ball too. This is a tough matchup for Atalanta. Sure. You know the concentration and the communication have to be there for them to have a chance to win this game. But I I, I think they're going to fall short and Napoli win this two one. Yeah. So. Well, Alex, you had that game, and you you say that's the biggest game of the weekend, and that's fair, fair shot. I think the Derby della Capitale is the biggest game of the weekend. Two teams on similar paths, right? The series has gone back and forth, back and forth. Roma wins, Lazio wins. Roma wins, Lazio wins. Last game was a draw. The trend says Roma wins. Roma are hosting this one. Another X factor to watch, gentlemen, is Orsato is the referee. There will be a red card in the game. There will be a VAR involved. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Manager will be gone. But you look at the last five matches between these two, right? Roma won 3-0. Then Lazio came back, won 3-2. Roma won 2-0. Lazio 3-0. And then they drew 1-1 last time. Trends says Roma win. You look at the patterns of two teams. 
eerily similar. I mean, Lazio, a little bit of a downturn because they lost last week against Aletana, lost in the midweek. So a little bit down. But, I mean, Alex, this is a difficult game. Both teams are equal. I mean, who do you see has the advantage in this one? Um, I, I see Roma having a couple of advantages. Not only do I feel like they're in better form at this moment, but with SMS being suspended, um, Milinkovic Savic uh, with the yellow card accumulation, uh, I, I think that's another blow for Lazio. You mentioned this being, you know, the home match for Roma. Not that that matters a whole lot because no. they would still have eighty <laughs> percent of the fans there. Well, <laughs> whether it was Lazio's home designation or Roma's. <laughs> designation uh I, I don't think that this is going to be a blowout you know i know not too long ago we had a, a three nil roma result i think this is more of a a one nil or a two to one but i, I see roma pulling it out and getting the three points frank does lazio have a chance lazio has a good team they have they've been playing very well this season both teams have been playing well but lazio is really clicking they had that big win against atalanta can they get it done in the derby de la capitale it's a big game what do you think Here's the here's the concerns I have with Lazio. Okay, so Immobile is probably back, but Milinkovic Savic is suspended. It's a cheap suspension, yeah. by the way, which was a shame. Very, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to deprive us of a of a star player in a game like this uh, is is hugely disappointing. Um, I, I look at Lazio. I look at their away form. Uh, you know, in the league, it's been good. You know, they won four 0 at Fiorentina. They won 2 0 at Atalanta. Um, and, you know, and how did they do it? Okay. The Atalanta game, we're looking at the statistics there and we're seeing that they had superiority with the ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Fiorentina game, you know, we look at that. Okay. They were inferior. Fiorentina had the ball more and Lazio hit them on the counter. So Lazio has the ability to be versatile. I expect Lazio to have more of the ball here. Mainly because Mourinho is going to set Roma up that way. I like that. Um, I think they're going to say, here, have the ball. Um, Zaniolo's fit, and he has scored. He scored against Ludo Gretz. He scored against Verona. We've got him confident again. Um, And I don't think Lazio have anybody in their back four that can cope with Zaniolo if he finds the spaces behind him. And in a counterattacking environment, Zaniolo is exactly the kind of player you want. Um, I think he's the difference in this game uh, if he starts. Um, I don't think Abraham plays well. I think Abraham plays okay, and I think that he's an influence because Casali, as well as he's been playing uh, for Lazio, and I expect him to start alongside Romagnoli. I think they find a way to neutralize Abraham, but they don't have an answer for Zaniolo. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's where the difference happens. Um, I'm going one nil to Roma. I think this is a grind. It's your typical Derby della Capitale match, Um, and I think that uh, I think that I think that uh, Roma pull away. That's two guys for Roma here. I'm going to go against the green. I'm going to say Lazio went two to one. I know Giello Rossi USA is in the chat, and I, and I apologize. Cover your ears, but how dare you? I know how dare I? Uh, and Jerry's not paying me any money, but I think Lazio find a way through Zaccagni, Felipe Anderson. Um, I think they can get the job done. I think Sadi, with the way his team has been playing, very fluid at the moment. Uh, they're going to catch Roma 
Roma, it's gonna be a tight game. It's gonna be a tight game, no doubt. I I say two one maybe. I, I like the I like the scoreline. I'm gonna say Lazio though. I think Pedro has been so good for Lazio since he joined them, uh, and he seems to be extra motivated when he plays Roma. He has really good games against them, and he whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he's gonna be a big player in this game, and he's gonna set these guys up because Zakani is in the form of his life. He's scoring goals that he shouldn't be scoring. They're fantastic goals, but he hasn't been scoring these kind of goals. Um, and if he mobile comes back, that's just another guy who always scores in big games. And so I would not be surprised if one of those three or two of those three score goal in this one. I know no SMS, and that's a big-time player, but I fully expect the rest of the players to show up. This is a derby, and you could take four at the window, players at the window. It always is – most of the time is tight. We have these blowouts occasionally, right? Uh, 6-0 Milan to enter, sorry. Um, but uh, – <laughs> <laughs> These games are typically tight, and Lazio being on the road, I think are going to do well in this environment, and I, I, I think they're going to pull one out late and, and get a shocker. So I'm going to go against the grain and say Lazio 2-1. So you guys think you have the best game this weekend where you're both totally wrong. I get to narrate the game of the weekend. Derby d'Italia, are you kidding me? I hope it is the best game of the weekend. Juventus Inter. I mean, come on. We've got one of the oldest derbies in, in Italian football, and we've got two desperate teams matching up uh, in this one. Juve, Inter, both starting to get in good form in the league. Yeah. Juve's won three in a row in Serie A. Inter's won four in a row in Serie A. Something's got to give, doesn't it? Um, has Allegri finally gotten this figured out, at least as it pertains domestically? Can in, Has Inzaghi righted the ship domestically. Alex, you're the Inter guy. State the case for why Inter wins this game. I don't know if I want to do that because I'm also very superstitious. Uh, This is one of these things. Um, This fixture over the years has just been draped in so many oddities, whether it be strange refereeing decisions, which usually tend to go against Inter, but I know a lot of Juventini would argue that they were going against Juventus. Dovetti is the referee. Last season. Well, he's, he's, he's one of the best, isn't he? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so ho- hopefully, hopefully nothing, nothing goes awry with that, but it's just, mm-hmm. It's one of these things. I mean, no matter what sport you're covering, when you talk about a rivalry and the hatred between these two clubs, I feel like anything could happen. Like, honestly, fellas, no outcome would shock me. I think it's going to be a close match, but whether it be like a 2-1 to one for Inter or a 2-1 to one for Juve or a 1-1-2-2 draw with maybe a dodgy penalty in the mix somewhere, nothing no. would shock me. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to make the pick in this one of – a 2-2, and I think it's going to be what, which is also very typical for this fixture. You tend to have it where you get a dramatic game tying goal late, like in stoppage time. Uh, I'm kind of thankful that uh, Dybala is no longer part of Juventus because he usually gets those goals against Inter, you know, nearly mm. at the death. But I, I think I, I could see this game being one where Inter feels like they're in control, two to one lead, and then stoppage time, you get a, a strange penalty or just like a, a deflected goal gets mm. scored and both teams end up sharing the points in this one. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I think uh, Brozovic will probably be on the bench for this one. I expect uh, Chahanolu to get the start here. You're your boy who's been doing pretty well. Uh, he's probably, probably going to start this one. Uh, hopefully, Barella can make some more magic happen, and Lautaro. This is this is the type of environment he usually thrives in. So I, I think Inter will play well, but I, I'm not ex- I'm not guaranteeing or expecting 
any sort of a result here. I think this is going to end up being probably these teams sharing the points. Hmm. Richard, Hubei, enter. Yeah, you know, I think this is a derby, and it's going to be a, a tight game, especially early on. I think it's going to be a lot tighter than Interisi want to see. Um, you know, Juve have no right to be in this game, but they will because it's a derby. It's a, it's a big game. And I think early on it will be, you know, very close. But I expect, you know, I know Alex is, is uh, superstitious here, but I expect Juve to finally turn it on in the second half. And I think they win. I'm going to say they win 3-1. You know, you don't expect us Allegri, but old Allegri, I would say, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a close game. He's going to bottle this, but they have nobody going forward. They might not have Vlahovic for this game. Yeah, but keep it Chiesa. Yes, Inter have been doing well. Correa scored a fantastic goal recently. He's finding his form. Lartado is good. I know Lukaku's not there, but Barella is in the back in the form of what 2020. Somebody in the chat mentioned that. I say Inter win three one, and I say the pressure is going to be. So hard on Allegri at the moment to get him out of there, but I, I expect Inter to win this game ha- handily, easily. Your mouth to God's ears. I- I'm way too superstitious <laughs> to co-sign on that, but I'll take it. Man, I can't pick a winner in this game. Um, this one's got me stumped because I can look at it a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, we got to see Chiesa get a run out. I don't see him starting. Uh, in no. this game, I see no. Allegri being pragmatic to start the game and then using them when th- this and we talked about these big games where managers now have five substitutions and will be more pragmatic to start the game. And I think that Allegri will be the more pragmatic of the two and try to bog things down and try to invite Inter to possess. And OK, you've gotten better in terms of possessing the ball and creating off of possession. Let's see how good you really are. OK, try to close the spaces, try to deny some things. And then see if they can try to go the other way. You've got Kostic and Quadrado that can counter and can pump balls into Milik. I don't think Vlaovic is going to play in this game. Uh, so you have that dynamic working for you. Now, how is Inzaghi going to counter that? You could see Dumfries starting on the right-hand side and say, just get high. Our best, The best way for us to deal with Kostic is get high and wide and pin him back. Because if he's back there, he can't hurt us going forward and crossing the ball. So you could see a lot of that. I think this comes down to who wins the midfield battle. And right now, the way these two teams are situated, there isn't a midfield stopper between these two teams. If it was, it's Brozovic. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of looseness there. There's going to be a lot of space there. And I, as much as I have dogged Hubik for their midfield, I actually think that Allegri will get this game in his script, nil-nil for a long period of time. Chiesa comes on, makes his adjustments as the game goes. I'm going to go and plug your ears, Alex. Juve won inter-nil. Oh, I think it's going to be tense. It's wow. going to be tight. Uh, I think that Martinez gets played out of the game. I think that they figure out how to crowd him out. You know, if it's Correa or if it's Jekyll starting alongside him, they'll get their chances. Yeah. Um, but I Probably think in Jekyll. the end, I think that Allegri, who is the more experienced, I mean, yeah, maybe their experience is about the same, but I think Allegri will just out tactic Inzaghi enough to win this one nil. No faith in the five foot two Barella, Frank. 
All right, Alex, I know. I have faith that he's going to run at the referee a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least it's not Orsato. At least it's not Orsato. Given. Oh, yeah, thank goodness. I, I, don't, I don't know if Orsato's allowed to referee this particular yeah. fixture anymore. I think he's yeah. barred from it. Um, Alex, I know you got to run. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe uh, Juve win one nothing, and we can see them at uh, where can our followers find you on social media. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you see Twitter handle right down there. Alex Donno, D-O-N-N-O is how you spell it. Follow me there. Uh, you know, I'll tweet some about Inter and I'll tweet some about a lot of different things that you may or may not be interested in seeing. So <laughs> follow me there. And I I'm about to do some hockey, gentlemen. We got uh, I'm going to be doing pregame intermissions and postgame for the uh, Florida Panthers. We're going to keep me up very late at the San Jose Sharks. So I will talk to everyone later. Forza right, Penguins. Alex. See you, Alex. Have a good yeah. night, bud. All right, so we've uh, exhausted it all, Richard, and now uh, for the moment that everybody's been waiting for, it is time for the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Culture Twitter. Lead us off. All right, starting it off this week, it's uh, Uncle Sharma uh, bringing it back. It's uh, what Barcelona put out before the game, and it's Barca still banning intercolors in a game versus Bayern Munich. So you see all these recommendations against the Bayern Munich game, and if you look down at the fifth bullet point, I'm trying to count right there, uh, it says you're not allowed to bring any signs with Inter logo on it. <laughs> Why would the Inter logo be at the Bayern versus Barcelona game? I don't know, but they are clearly traumatized by Barcelona or by, by Inter, and so they still don't want you to have Inter <laughs> logos at the game. <laughs> oh, oh man, Napoleonismo came through once again. Delete all timer performance versus Lewandowski while Juve <laughs> defenders were begging for their life against Joao Mario. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. How um, many more times can he win? That's later in the clubhouse, right? I know, right? Uh, this comes from Violismo, and it's uh, what game was this? Uh, this, this is oh, this is Juventus game against uh, whoever. Uh, what down one nothing, and is okay. No excuses here. We can we can still recuperate here. One one. Okay, okay, we're good. We're we're tied. Two one. Okay, well, what the hell is going on here? Three one. Okay, I'm freaking out here. And then four one. And then this is him freaking out. <laughs> That's like the Italian Ray Hudson. Yes, yes. And the guy kind of look like him. Freaking out. Down four to one. Uh, Juve down four to one. Nice. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. At Anfield, uh, Rajat 15 is nominating Anfield. This is not a Calcio one, but it is worth noting. I mean, Liverpool did beat Manchester City, and Klopp is... The graphics yeah, are just good. <laughs> you can't you beat go. my boy Jesse Marsh, fellow Scani, getting it done <laughs> against Liverpool. <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Non-Calcio, though. But this is Calcio-related, sort of, former, a former Mrs. of ours. Uh, Wayne Gerard with a tweet. And so, as we know, Insigne and Bernadeschi are now at TFC, Toronto FC. Bernadeschi happened to go to the Toronto Raptors game, and they put up on the board, and the announcers even said, hey, Lorenzo Insigne is here. No, that's Bernadeschi. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, Bernadeschi, uh, even Bernadeschi even goes all the way to Canada to get disrespected. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, El Chiringuito in English. Welcome to El Chiringuito in Italian. Here is the Real Madrid half of the show singing or trying the inter anthem after the Italian side knocked out Barcelona. Yeah. 
all the Spanish guys are singing the inter anthem after uh, Barca lost or got eliminated. So <laughs> Real Madrid guys having fun and the Barca guys are hating it. <laughs> oh, we like that. Oh, that's good. All right. Uh, moving on. Apex nominated this one, and this comes from uh, Fuente at Aero Piano. And so Lazio originally tweeted this, and they're angry about the non-foul here. Clearly studs on Lazaro's ankles. And so uh, he says, Lotito's club starting beef with Lotito's other club is Peak City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, I think that's it. That's a good. It's, it's Aeroplano and Napolinismo. Oh. As we go, um, I just I got I got moved. Hold on. Okay, here we are. Uh, okay, so uh, at Totti's armband, UEFA, UEFA Europa Conference League. At Totti's armband, welcome official SS Lazio, Lazio director Ili Tade Blas Roma. The Conference League is for losers like them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don Totti in in uh, secret here with the uh, UEFA Conference League, but it's uh well done, Don Totti. Well done, Don Totti. All right, moving on. Uh, this comes from Yanomo, and it's uh, his timeline, and it's uh, Juventus getting a medal here, celebrating, and they're uh, finishing third place in the group. <laughs> <laughs> Europa League, bitches. <laughs> We like that. Uh, we like that, Yanimal. Great stuff. Okay, and then finally, our friend Saturnion. Uh, there were Milan fans who thought Milan's starting midfield quality drop. There's Frank Kessie going to the Europa League, while Sandro Tonali and Ismail Benacer were getting man of the match trophies. <laughs> and going on to the next round, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think we're down to Aeroplano and Napoleonismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whoo. What do you what do you think? I think we're going Aeroplano. That was okay. good. Okay. Napoleon and, and I'm not doing this because Napoleonismo won too much. I'm not that kind of person. You know, <laughs> I, I thought that was I thought that was well played about the de- leaked outperforming the Juve defenders. So yeah. The Madrid uh, fans singing the inter song to Barca fans was was pretty good too. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with this. Lotito against Lotito. I like it. Okay, let's see here. What is it? Uh, Anthony thinks it's a Madrid fan singing Pazza in Madrid fans singing Pazza Inter. <laughs> so, oh, Dr. Fria said Insigne went to the Raptors match and grew 18 inches. <laughs> I think we'll go with Aeroplano on this one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good with me. All good right, so me. why don't you speak to the people while I uh, get this taken care of? Yeah, for those who are uh, still with us after the whole uh, is uh, Lazio better than uh, with with or without Immobile, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely give us a follow on our YouTube page. Uh, if you haven't done so already, like, subscribe would mean a world to us uh, as we put out more videos and clips. And like that. Let us know what you want to see on, the, on our YouTube page uh, outside of clips. Uh, we'll definitely want to uh, bring more content that you guys want to watch. Uh, but yeah, follow us Instagram, Twitter. We already doing Twitter, but Facebook, uh, all the goodies there. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, Aeroplano, it didn't automatically come up. It's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, well, I'm assuming that this is his tag. So, uh, and uh, I saw some new names there in the chat, Richard. Yeah, it's good to have Art Morelli on there. I like to see him there. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are, are are joining us and you're new, please, by all means, except for the uh, 
the 69 girls bot. Uh, you don't need to do this, but the rest of you subscribe, uh, drop a like. That means a ton to us, but subscribe, please. That that's huge for us. Uh, but drop a like and also click that notification bell so that uh, you can be alerted whenever uh, we are either going live or if we have a video drop uh, yeah. for you. So, uh, so please do that. So with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of City I Sit Down. Richard, anything else to tell the people? Nope. Just you can follow me if you want at uh, R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Yeah. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21. Alex is at Alex Dono, A-L-E-X-D-O-N-N-O. Uh, Serie A Sit Down, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there is podcasts, there is Serie A Sit Down. At Serie A Sit Down on Twitter, Instagram. Follow us there. Uh, give us comments. Uh, nominate who won Calcio Twitter? If you find something that's good banter, hashtag Who won Calcio Twitter. Please keep it clean. Don't be a dick. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty much the only rules that we have. We, yeah. we want to have fun with it without having too much fun. I mean, yeah, banter at a fan base's expense. Yes, offending them. No, we don't want that. Right. So just so you know, so that we keep that thing going. So Tuesday night. Yeah. Keep everybody from watching these midterm election results. I, I like it. I like it. Give them a break. Let's come back yeah. Tuesday night. We'll break down these three big games that happen the rest of the weekend. Uh, we'll have a little bit of talk about, I think the draw is tomorrow, isn't it? Monday. It's Monday. Monday. Okay. Yeah. Well, reaction to the draw. We'll have all of that for you. So we will be back with you here live on the YouTube channel on Tuesday night, uh, November the 8th. So for Alex, for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, be telling your paisans about us. Ciao. Ciao.